few verses here more than I normally do <clears throat> to begin to preach tonight, but I believe it's important that you hear the context of the verses I'm going to focus on this morning. Verse number 20, verse number 20 of Matthew chapter 7. Verse number 20 of Matthew chapter 7 says this, Wherefore, it's great to have Tony with us. Tony, it's great to have you at the Palace of Praise. Welcome you today. Amen. Verse number 20, it says, Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. Not every one that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. Then the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon the house and it fell and the great and great was the fall of it. It came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings the people were astonished at his doctrine for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. I think he probably has a little authority since he was the almighty God of heaven wrapped in flesh he has just a little bit of authority there. By the help of the Lord this moment, for just a brief moment, I'm going to preach on this subject, who knows who? Who knows who? Lord, we are thankful again to be in your house. Thankful, God, for every soul that is here. We're thankful for your precious word that we've heard taught in our classes today. We're thankful, Lord, for your word we have read, God, in this sanctuary. We are thankful, Lord, for your presence we have felt and the leading, O oh God, of the Holy Ghost in worship this morning. And Lord, we ask you to lead us in your word right now. God, help me in handling your word. Help this people to receive your word, God, that we may grow and know more about you. Lord, that we would increase in knowledge and God, truly, Lord, draw closer to you every day. Thy will to be done in this service. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Verse 22 says this. Many will say to me in that day. That phrase, in that day, in this verse is referring to the day of judgment. Everyone in this house must understand there will be a day of judgment for all of us. No individual, no matter how rich you may be or how poor you may be, how educated you may be or how uneducated you may be, every one of us are going to go to that judgment seat. Nobody gets a get-out-of-jail-free card. Nobody gets to bypass the throne 
of judgment. We will all give an account for the life we lived. And that's a comfort to me. I don't have to give, you don't have to give an account for anybody else in the house. As a pastor of this church, I am going to have to give an account for you. But you should thank God you're only going to have to give one for yourself. And we could preach a sermon there. But my message today is who knows who. When you get to the throne of judgment, you may say some of the same things are recorded in God's word that we read this morning. You may be saying these things. My kid was sick. Sick, had a high fever, and I prayed in Jesus' name, and God, you healed my child. Do we have a witness in the house? Has that happened for some of you? I remember one of my kids, we were having high fever and starting to go into convulsions, everything, and just calling on the name of Jesus, boom. God healed them. We serve a healing God. Can you say amen? But some of us are going to get to heaven and we may say that to God. Hey, I prayed in your name and you heal them. So don't you remember me? Don't you know me? Do you remember when I was driving home from work in that crazy traffic in Portland? And that insane driver was coming toward me and their car was out of control and, and I screamed, Jesus! And I threw my hands into the air. No, okay, that's the song. I said, Jesus, take the wheel. Okay, that's not one of my favorite songs for you that may know. And God, you, you corrected the course of that car and helped them and they missed me. That was a miracle, and that had to be you, God. Do you remember when I was battling with cancer? And I came down to the front of that altar, and they anointed me with oil according to your word, and God, you completely healed me, God. You healed me. The doctor said it couldn't happen. There was cancer there. The tumor was there. I saw it there, but they prayed for me, and guess what? It's all gone. God, that had to be you. That was a miracle, God. It had to be you. No one else can do that. The doctors can't even explain how that happened. How can you have done so much for me and yet you're saying you don't even know me? Seriously, God? Hey, it's me. Remember me? You remember me? Every time, God, I had a major need or problem, I prayed to you. Remember me? I prayed to you. And you helped me so very much. I remember you gave me a word for one of my brethren one time. and I gave it to them and encouraged them. I remember being the person that you used to give a tongue's interpretation to the church. You remember that, God? You remember all those things that happened, how you used me. And Lord, Lord, I prophesied in your name. You remember that, God? So did Balaam. So did Caiaphas. So did the damsel in Acts chapter 16. She spoke things that were true too, but was that God? See, I truly believe a lot of people are going to be really surprised on Judgment Day. Because there's a lots of things that we don't consider to be sin that God views as sin. And that's another sermon within itself, and that'll probably be on Wednesday night Bible study. <clears throat> See, you were on a pretending mission and using my authority for your own promotion, and yet 
I spoke about this in my word. You were nothing more than a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. <laughs> it's right in your book, folks. But look at verse number 22 of our, our scripture text as we read today. Look at this. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have we cast out devils? And in thy name done many wonderful works? This is Jesus that's speaking right here. And his entire word is precious. But this is in while he was walking here on the earth. He is speaking right here. And there's a phrase that is used three times in that verse. You notice what that phrase was? And that's a message when it says, he said, in my name. I did it in thy name. What is that name? Anybody know what that name is today? His name is Jesus. His name, folks, commands authority. There is no other name whereby you can be saved except in the name of Jesus. And again, how many of you have been in certain situations you couldn't fall down and say your 45-minute prayer? All you could do is say, and God answered and responded to that name because there's power and authority in that name, folks. That name commands authority. Can I hear an amen? But can I ask you a question? Is it possible for us to attempt to use his authority without a relationship with him? I have heard individuals say, how how can they be wrong? People are being healed when they preach it. How can they be wrong? I mean, folks are receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost when they preach. Well, the Bible states this. Romans 10 and 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the... There is power in the Word of God, whether it's preached or taught or read quoted, whatever it may be, folks, there is power in the word of God. People are healed because of their faith in God. Men don't heal people. God heals people. People don't work miracles. God works miracles, folks. Hallelujah. If your pastor comes down and puts oil on you and I pray for you, that's not me that gave you your healing. All I was was asking God to give you healing, folks. We need to understand we're only the vessel. The power comes from on high. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. People are healed because they have faith in God, folks. But hear me, that doesn't endorse their lifestyle. That simply reveals the mercy and the grace and the love of our great God that we are so privileged to serve. We shouldn't judge our relationship with God by what benefits we receive. There's a sermon right there. You have received a tremendous raise on your job. That raise may be the result of the blessings of God because you applied the principles of the word of God about giving. But your lifestyle may be contrary to what God wants you to live, folks. You may not be living according to God's will for your life, so then don't misinterpret and say, look at the blessings of God in my life. He's endorsing this lifestyle. No, he's just honoring the principles of the word of God. Of God, folks. Amen. 
I can tell you of great businessmen who never truly fulfilled the word of God, but they were blessed by God because they applied the principles of the word of God in their tithing. Men that started great corporations became very successful. Why? They were given 10, 20, 30, 40, got to the point some of them were given 90% of their money back to God and God just kept blessing them. Does that endorse what they were doing in their lifestyle? No. It's the principle of God being applied to their life, folks. Don't misunderstand the blessings of God in your life. You must Obey the rest of the Bible, not just one principle in the Bible. Now, this blows my mind. The verse that we read here, verse 23, says this, And then will I profess unto them, I... I, 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 um, Your face is familiar. And I created you, and I know your name, but I don't know you in that capacity of a relationship. He knows every one of us. But what he's saying is, I don't know you in this close relationship that you need to have with me. Depart from me. Now look at this. Ye that work iniquity. Do you know what the word iniquity means? A transgression of the law, a violation of the law. Get your mind around this. Just doing something for God isn't enough, even if it's miracles. Folks, you can go out here to Hag Lake and walk on water if God gives you the power. (laughs) But that doesn't endorse what you're doing when you get off of the water. Even if it's many wonders done in the name of Jesus. But look at how Jesus contrasts verse 23 with verse 24. Verse 24 says this, Therefore whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. Therefore whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth, them. The most important thing you can do isn't praying for and seeing miracles. It isn't about doing some great thing for God and even having people come along and pat you on the back and say, boy, woo, you're doing something great for God. That's not what it's about, church. Church, our number one priority is to obey God's word. Hear it and obey God's word. We have individuals that try to live on miracles. They try to live on this supernatural moves of God in their life. They have to have an injection of this ooh supernatural move of God when God wants us to make sure our number one priority is we're following Him according to the word of God. It's great to have those great things and see those things and these signs shall follow them that believe and those that believe are first going to be obedient. Verse 23 states, I never knew you. The most important thing isn't about us knowing him. It's that he knows us. 
See, John chapter 10 and verse 14, he said, I am the good shepherd and I, I know my sheep and am known of mine. Verse 27, that wasn't enough. Down in verse 27, he says this, My sheep hear my voice and I, I know them. And look what he says in the next little phrase. And, and they follow me. They obey me. I know them. Why? Because they are obedient to me. I know them in a relationship. I don't just know them because I created them. I don't just know them because I know all things. There's a deeper depth to this knowing them, folks. Folks, we need a relationship with God that is built on obedience to God and not just signs and wonders. We don't need to just be praying when we have this need that we need to have God answer. Come on. We don't need to just be going, Jesus, because some nuts driving toward us in their car and you need a miracle from God. What it should be is every day you're saying, Jesus, I just want to let you know I love you, Lord. Jesus, I just want to let you know I'm thankful for your amazing grace for me. I'm not asking for you for anything, God. I just want a relationship with you, God. Come on, somebody clap your hands. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We got too many people, they only come to church because they want to stick a needle in their arm and get a fix in the spirit realm. They got to come to church because they got to get something smoking high on God. Folks, you don't come here just to get juiced up on Jesus. This coming here is not so you can get your fix so you can feel better. That's not what it's about because, folks, it's not about you. It's about him. We're not here so that, hey, God, bless me again. I'm here so I can bless you, God, in worship and praise. God, I'm not the focus. You're the focus around here. It's not the people. It's not the building. It's you, God. Hey, this will cease to be a church. Not when there's not people sitting in the pew and not when there's not a building. It'll cease to be a church when the glory of God is not here. It'll cease to be a church when we don't have the move of God in the house of God, folks. Then all it's going to be is a social gathering here. Why? Because we got to have more than just being touched by God. We got to have more than just having a feeling of God. We need a relationship with God. I want Him to know who I am in a deep relationship. It's interesting. When you look in some of the scriptures, they'll say they were known. And you know what that was referring to? An intimate relationship. It was talking about an intimate relationship, not just a casual acquaintance. We got people living for God and they're casual acquaintance to the house of God. They are an associate at the house of God. They have an association with the kingdom of God. Folks, I don't want to be linked to God by somebody else's relationship to God. I don't want to be the second link or the third link or the fourth link and I'm just feeling the, what their prayers give me or what their devotion gives me or what their dedication to God gives me. You know what I want to be? I want to be directly plugged into the source myself with a true relationship with God. See, I don't want God to look down and say, hey, I'm going to bless you because you're Rachel Sparks' husband. 
I don't want him to look at me and say, oh, I'm going to bless you because you're so-and-so's brother or you're so-and-so's sister or you're so-and-so's relative. No. I don't want it to be that type of relationship with God. I want it to be this close, intimate relationship with God. Folks, it's not about you coming and parking your carcass on a pew with a palace of prayer. It's not about you being faithful to the house of God and being also giving your tithe and offerings and doing all those things. Those are great. But you've got to go beyond those things and move into a deep relationship with God so God will know who you are in a relationship with Him. Oh, hallelujah. See, for us to come to church and do all of those things and yet not to be obedient to His Word, according to Him, He's saying, I don't even know who you are. I don't know you. I have no clue of who you are. Folks, that's going to be a sad day on that day when people walk by and they're saying, you don't understand, I gave 50 years of my life to the service of the kingdom of God. And he's going to look at us and say, wait a minute, did you do it according to my book? Right. See, we can't live by our rules, we have to live by his rules. Yeah. Iniquity says what? They're not obeying the law. That's what he says. They're not obeying the law. Folks, we can have all the standards and all the laws we want to, quote unquote, here at the Palace of Praise, and you can follow every one of them. But if it does, your relationship doesn't go beyond just those rules and guidelines, folks, you're going to hear him say one day, sorry, I don't even know you. But you don't understand. I had all of those, quote unquote, standards of that church lined up. You know what it is? It's more than just doing those things. Those things are important, but it's more than those things. It's about a relationship with God. The relationship's when you're going to know God for yourself. Young people, you need to know who God is for yourself. And yet I can speak to some of those that are in the house that's been around here a while. You know what? It wouldn't hurt us to get a little closer to God. Just a closer walk. Good song this morning. Just a closer walk. With the I am weak, God, but thou art strong. So in my weaknesses, Lord, I need the strength of the Holy Ghost to help me do and be what I cannot be in my flesh. I can only be because of the help of the power of God working in my life, folks. I want to ask you a question. <laughs> Have you been obedient to the Word of God? See, it's more than just, a, just us coming to church. It's about obedience to the Word of God. And here's where obedience begins for everybody in this house. Every person must begin here. Acts chapter 2 and verse 37 says this. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? This is where you have to start, right here. I don't even care if God has somehow already used you. <laughs> you prayed and your kid was healed. You prayed in Jesus' name. Again, don't mistake that as the endorsement of God for you to bypass this word. You say, well, no, 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 that God wouldn't do that. Oh, guess he does, folks. God heals people because he's going to honor his name. But that doesn't mean they've obeyed every bit of this book. Here's where it begins. Verse number 38 says this. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, some of you, if you feel like it. Play, let's get the piano, please. Give these folks some hope. And be baptized, just the bad people. Just 
Be baptized, you wicked, devilish, sensual people that truly need it. No, I think the Bible says, and be baptized. Look at your neighbor and said, I think he's talking to you. <laughs> Is there anybody here that's not part of everyone? If you, if you raised your hand, there's some mental issues we need to deal with here. <laughs> well, look at this verse. Baptize every one of you in the name, in the name that is above every name. So we're doing more than just using his name to do signs and miracles and all these other things. We're using his name to go down in a watery grave, to put his name upon me in a watery grave. Why? For the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, for the promise is unto you. Everybody say me. Hey, I got a sermon for you today, and it's this. Who knows who? The Bible clearly says, Lord, I want to know you, and you need, I need to know you. But guess what it says? It says, in the power of his. Can anybody tell me how the, that body of the man Christ Jesus, I taught on Wednesday night, how it came out of the tomb. Anybody want to tell me how that happened? It was because of the Spirit of God that moved back into that fleshly temple of the flesh of the man Christ Jesus, made it alive. That's how it was resurrected. The flesh could not resurrect itself it took the power of the Almighty God to resurrect it. Look at the verse. That I may know him and the power of his. It's more than just seeing signs and wonders and miracles. It's about having the gift of the Holy Ghost in your life by the evidence of speaking in tongues. Folks, you need the Holy Ghost. If you really gonna know God in the way you need to know God, it's gonna be when you have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you something, your relationship with God can be to a certain depth by just reading the Word of God. But you wanna get really into the depths of the Word of God and really know God, I'll tell you how that happens, is when you repent of your sins, you're baptized in the name of Jesus, and you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Honey, there's a relationship with God. Woo! You know why he's going to say, I know you? You know why he's going to say, I know you? Because the spirit of he that is setting upon the throne is going to connect with the spirit that is inside of you that's brought you to the throne. He's going to say, I recognize you. Why? Because you are me. I'm in you and you are in me. It's the spirit, folks. Woo! Thank God for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the greatest experience you could ever have in God. 
Can we stand to our feet? And I'd invite you for just a moment. We have plenty of time here. I've always tried to be considerate of your time, but there's nothing more important in your day today than for us to take a moment and talk to the Lord God Almighty. Hear me today. Don't be go caught up in just doing good works and seeing this happen and see that happen. And you forget to start with the very basics of salvation. Today, I'm challenging everybody in the house. If you have never repented of your